to help us prepare for the next season, we have a guest speaker today. I am excited to introduce to you Dr. Shannon Lamb. Shannon serves with InterVarsity Christian Fellowship in the U.S. and abroad, training staff and students to explore and live in radical faith in Jesus. She is passionate about honest engagement with and creative application of God's Word. At Missio Seminary in Philadelphia, where Shannon received her Master of Divinity and Doctorate of Ministry, she is a professor. Shannon and her husband Dave, also a professor at Missio, live in Souderton, Pennsylvania. It is a great honor and joy to be able to introduce to you Dr. Shannon Lamb. In your living rooms, where you're watching now, please help me welcome her. <laughs> Thanks for being here. <laughs> Thanks. Well, I don't know about you, but Advent is a season where I really, I, I kind of long for God. And I think that's the whole point, right? Like we're waiting, we're longing for Jesus to come near, you know, in the first Advent, but then as we long for his return. And, and even how much more so in the midst of a pandemic and needing to, you know, quarantine and shelter at home and be apart from family. Um, do we long do we, for God? Do we need to hear his voice? Um, and so this morning, um, we're going to talk about listening to God and learning to hear his voice. Um, when I think about this, I think about a passage in John. Um, in the, uh, so it's one of the stories of Jesus' life. Uh, in the 10th chapter, Jesus is talking about himself and his relationship with his people. And he says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, meaning Jesus, and the sheep, his people, listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow them because they know his voice. Now, I don't know about you, but for a lot of my life, that verse caused a little trepidation and a concern because I wondered, do I really know his voice? Am I actually listening to God? And I'd hear people talking about listening to God and I'd think, do I know his voice? So as we talk about this morning, I talk about being able to hear God this morning, I want us to do like a little just self-awareness exercise and ask, how do you feel when you hear that, right? Are you confused? This is new. You're totally welcome. That's totally fine to be confused. Skeptical? That's okay too. Are you excited? Um, do you feel open? Just take a second. And I just want to say again, however you feel, that's okay. You're, you're welcome to be in the presence of God. And we're welcome to be in the presence of God as who we really are. Um, and I think Jesus will meet us as who we are, where we are. So would you pray with me? Jesus, um, we do pray that in this season where we are longing for you, longing for healing, longing for hope. Um, would you be speaking to us and teaching us to hear your voice above all the other voices in our head? 
We pray this um, in your name. Amen. When it comes to thinking about listening to God, um, I think um, many of us have this as kind of an image, right? I used to pray, Jesus, would you talk louder? I think I'm really hard of hearing. Um, But as I've reflected, I think actually this is a better image. That whether it be actual AirPods with music or podcasts or just the many to-do lists that we run in our head and the self-dialogue that we have, I think it's actually hard, at least it is for me, for God to get a word in edgewise. But I find when I read the Bible, I'm really encouraged because I think God wants to speak to us. And not only that, He's willing to help us learn to listen. I see that in the book of Jeremiah, um, who is a prophet. And the prophet's job is basically hear God and tell his words to other people. And so when Jeremiah is kind of being introduced to his job, he has this dialogue um, with God. um, Where basically God says, I know you and I chose you, right? Um, I set you apart, I appointed you. But Jeremiah feels his limitations. And he says, you know, I'm too young for this. I don't know what I'm doing. To which God, God can hear that and then says, don't worry, because I'm going to be with you. Um, um, and I will protect you. And not only that, God says, I'll give you the words to say, right? You don't have to make this up. I will give you um, the words. I'll put them in your mouth. But here's the cool thing. God doesn't stop there. Um, Often when we read this passage, we stop there, but God doesn't stop there. Um, What God actually does is he goes on to kind of coach Jeremiah into how do you hear his voice? So um, Jeremiah says, the word of the Lord or Yahweh came to me and he said, what do you see, Jeremiah? I love that, right? Good teachers ask questions, right? It's active learning. And he says, what do you see? And Jeremiah says, I see the branch of an almond tree. And God says, yes, you've got it. You saw correctly. You see how encouraging he is? Isn't that a great image of God, right? He doesn't say, what do you see? He's like, yes, you've got it. And then he says, "Um, for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. Now, at this point, I kind of check out. I'm like, well, no, I could never interpret God's word because how does an almond branch have anything to do with watching? But you got to remember they're talking in Hebrew. And the word for almond branch in Hebrew is shokhed. And the word for watching is shokhed. Any of you all like puns? This is kind of a pun, right? God's kind of funny here. But he doesn't stop there, right? So he's asked a question. He's done active learning. He's encouraged Jeremiah. He's interpreted it. And then look what he does. He does it again. This is good teaching. This is good coaching. So the word of the Lord comes to Jeremiah again. And God says, what do you see? So watch what happens for Jeremiah. He says, I see a pot and it's tilting from the north. Do you see? Like, I read that and I think, Jeremiah's gaining confidence, right? He's throwing a little more of himself in. And the Lord says, right, for from the north there will be disaster that comes. Right? God asks, 
increases, encourages, um, explains, and has him practice. Um, if you are here, I would ask you to raise your hands and say, how many of y'all played an instrument when you were little? Um, uh, I, when I was in junior high, I took a test, like, what instrument should you play? And it came out the flute. So my mom took me to a music store and so I could play the flute. And so they gave me a flute, and I blew into that thing for 20 minutes. <sighs> I just sit down a couple times because I was like hyperventilating and about to pass out. But I kept going 20 minutes before I got a sound out of that thing. By the time I graduated from high school, I was playing at weddings. Now, how did that happen? Because I'm not actually particularly musically talented. But how it happened was I had a good teacher and I practiced a lot. We, when we think about hearing from God, we have a good teacher. But we also need to practice. Which takes us back to John 10. Because when you learn about it, when you listen to it, not like as this is some kind of app or download that you can just automatically hear God's voice, right? Because that's what I used to think. Because like I, don't I didn't get the app, right? Um, but a process, a relationship it begins to feel a little less oppressive. He says, when he's brought all of his sheep out, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. We have, um, so God teaches people how to listen to him. We have a year and a half old puppy named Artie. In October, I took Artie to our family, but took Artie to the beach, which was really, really fun. It was also terrifying because when you take your dog to the beach, you take it off leash and it could just go. I actually had her microchipped because I was a little afraid. Um, so, but I'm thinking I'm going to take her off leash and I need her to be able to hear my voice above all the other owners, above all the other dogs, above the ocean and the birds. She needs to hear my voice. So when I call to her, she turns around and runs to me. So how did that happen? We practiced. We practiced in the house. We practiced in the yard. We practiced in a local field over and over and over. And when I let her go at the beach, she was one of the best dogs on the beach, right? She had learned to hear my voice. I think we can learn to hear God's voice. And that's actually one of the, the barriers, I think, to hearing from God, is that we, um, we think it's just, we're supposed to, just supposed to naturally be able to do it. Where in reality, I think it's a process. It's like a relationship. And we, we learn, we, we become better at it as we practice. And here's again, the cool thing. God wants to work with us, even as we're learning. Another barrier, I think, um, as we think about hearing from God, is that we have a limited understanding of how God actually speaks, right? So if you think about um, uh, being, you know, how do people in the Bible hear, 
Uh, we have, you know, an audible voice, right? Like Abraham or Moses with a burning bush. We have people get visions like Peter on the rooftop or John when he writes that whole book, the Revelation at the end of the Bible. Uh, people get angels, right? You know, even in Christmas season, right? Zachariah gets an angel, Mary gets an angel. I've never had an angel, right? Um, people have dreams. The Joseph in the Old Testament and the Joseph in the New Testament get dreams that are super significant. And I think when we look at these things, they can feel a little daunting, right? Like, well, those things don't happen to me. But here's the reality. Those things don't happen very often even in the Bible. And even for individuals, Moses gets one burning bush. You know, Abraham waits 25 years between significant accounts with God, interactions with God, right? So if we're looking at that as kind of the low watermark, of course we're going to be discouraged. Those aren't common experiences. They're wonderful, but they're not common. How does God speak more commonly? Um, two ways. First, the Bible. Right? And I think God can speak through us, to us through the Bible, both sort of generally and then also personally. So generally, when you're reading this, we need to read it as, this is God speaking to me. I think a lot of times we read the Bible like it's a history book, kind of dispassionately. It's better if we read it like a love letter, right? This is written to us, for us, right? So when you are reading in the Bible and it says, love God and love your neighbor, God has spoken to you. The question is, will you do it? But I think God also speaks to us in the Bible or through the Bible in ways that are more personal. Right? So a couple weeks ago, I was just, oh, I was so discouraged, um, just crushed at the injustice in our country, the way things were going. And um, yeah, it just felt kind of distant from God in my discouragement. And I was reading through the Psalms, and I came across Psalm 49 where um, the psalmist is lamenting how uh, the injustice and the corruption and the abuse of power that are happening in his day. And the thing is, the psalmist used the kind of the same words that I was using. And all of a sudden, I felt like my voice connected to the Bible. My voice was part of an ancient prayer. And, and, and it was like God said, see, I've been hearing prayers like this for thousands of years, and I am still God, and I am still good. And it felt like he invited me to, to personally pray that and connect to him. Right? It was really beautiful and encouraging. So God speaks to us in the Bible, both sort of generally, but also personally. God also speaks to us through our consciences, right? It's like a little bit of hardwired, you know, like a little hardwiring that puts God's voice um, in, our, in our beings, right? So when, you know, you are about to do something and, you, you know, you have that kind of nudge in your soul that says, don't, do, don't say that or don't kiss him <laughs> or you should declare that, right? Like that is actually, our consciences are actually like God speaking to us. And as we listen and respond to that, our hearts get softer. 
Uh, Dave and I have moved around a lot, and everywhere we move, we go to a sort of a different flavor of church. And at one point, we were in this charismatic church, and you know, I don't know if you're familiar with the charismatic church, but there's a lot of sort of longing to hear God's voice. And you know, a lot of the songs are, speak to me, I want to hear you. And one time, the pastor was a very wise man, got up, and he just said, why? Why do you want to hear God's voice? He said, if, you, if you're reading the Bible and you're not doing it, if you're not saying yes to him through your conscience, why would he say anything else? It's not about the experience. It's about the relationship, the connection, right? So if we want to hear God's voice, the Bible and our consciences are really great places to start. But I think God um, also speaks in other ways. And here's the third barrier. I think that sometimes when we think about, depending on kind of your background, your tradition, we think about hearing from God, it can feel presumptuous or um, arrogant. Uh, but, and, and it can actually. <laughs> but I think in a lot of, maybe actually in most of our traditions, there is space for God to speak to us, right? We might just call it different things. Like we might be convicted or led or nudged or encouraged. And so when you hear me say hearing God or listening to God, you feel free to substitute in your own language for that, your own vernacular. Oh, you need to be encouraged or challenged or nudged. So here are some ways. Um, basically what I want to do is I just want to tell you a couple stories about how I and other friends of mine have been encouraged or challenged or nudged by God. Um, just in some ways I want to do this so that it, it fills out our picture of what that means. Um, but also I acknowledge like a number of you are probably actually much better at listening to God than I am. And so if you're hearing this, you're like, yes, that happens for me. I want you to be encouraged too. And I want to challenge you to have conversations with other people who might be a little bit, this might be newer too, that you can encourage them. All right? So one way God speaks is by just bringing things to mind. When I was on, early in my years on staff with InterVarsity, I was really poor. Wasn't, never, like the kind of poor that you go to the ATM at the end of the month and it says, laughs in your face and says, ha ha, you can't have a $20 bill because there isn't one. Um, and in the midst of that, somebody slashed my tires. So in the middle of the month, I had to choose between being able to drive or being able to eat. And that was really discouraging to me. You know, I'm like, Jesus, I'm trying. I'm out here doing ministry. And I go to my mailbox, and there is a letter from my freshman roommate's mother. Right? This is not somebody that I interact with very much at all. And so I open it up, and it says, when I was praying today, God brought you to mind. And I think I'm supposed to give you money. And in it was a check for $40. Oh my gosh. That, I mean, like, this is years and years and years later, and it still moves me to think that God spoke to Mrs. Pfeiffer to be able to love me. Right? And then, you know, I wrote back and said, oh my gosh, this is how it blessed me. And she was super encouraged and was like, oh yes, that is what God's voice sounds like. Right? So sometimes he just brings people to mind. So, um, 
I don't get images very often, um, like when I'm praying or when I'm just around, but I get them frequently when I pray for other people. Uh, and so a couple weeks ago, I was praying for a friend. She'd asked me to pray for her because she was in a new job, and she just felt kind of shaky and, and not very confident. And so as I was praying for her, this image pops into my head of my friend dressed like a Roman soldier. It was a totally funny image, right? Like the funny hat and the little skirt and the naked legs and the boots. And so I tell her, hey, I have this image of you. And here's what I think it means, right? Because I'm going to be humble. I'm not going to say, here's what God said to you. But I think, I think what it means is that God, um, he's already kitted you up. You're already fully prepared for this job. You just kind of have to step back into your warrior stance. And she, you know, she thought about it, and it just felt like God was saying that to her. Absolutely, right? Sometimes God um, speaks by bringing scripture to mind or songs as well. Um, senses. I have a friend who gets sort of empathetic emotions, and when she meets people with those emotions, she's like, oh, you're sad. I think I'm supposed to pray for you right? Um, sometimes God speaks by just, I don't know, it's just sort of like, you know, it's, it's almost like there is a download. Uh, in 2000, Dave and, our, and I and our kids were going to move from California to Oxford, England for him to get his doctorate. And that's a hard thing to move a family of four across an ocean um, the university didn't have housing for us. There wasn't space. And so we were dealing with, you know, trying to rent a house um, through a realtor. But Dave had found this really cute little three-bedroom British cottage with a little garden. And I was super excited about having, like, my English experience, you know? And, you know, we were going to sign the contract that afternoon. And that morning, the phone rings. And in my mind, I just know it's Oxford University offering us housing in Summertown House, which was the nastiest housing, right? Like peel and stick carpet, vinyl furniture, burlap curtains, heat doesn't work. Um, but I also know we're supposed to say yes. So Dave picks up the phone. He's like, oh, Shan, it's Oxford. They have housing. <laughs> Summertown House. And I'm like, yeah, we should take it. And then I start sobbing, right? Because I'm going to miss that little British cottage. That was three of the most amazing years of ministry and relationship in my life. We met people from all over the world, got to see dozens of people come into the kingdom. It was amazing. And here's the thing is, I would have said no if God hadn't brought that into my mind. Sometimes God speaks through us through nature. I mean, that may just be being, going to a place where you can actually, you know, see the stars and you feel the wonder of it, being near the power of the ocean. Um, sometimes it's also more personal. I, I'm a Californian, and one time I was out in the ocean, and there was not very many people around, but it was beautiful, and the waves were perfect, and I was just splashing around and going, God, I love this. And I had a very clear sense that he was saying to me, I'm so glad I made it for you. Not like for me personally, but like for y'all, right? But that he was super happy that I was enjoying it. And it just, it made me worship and think, what an amazing God we have. 
that like, he didn't have to make waves and he didn't have to make, you know, sunsets and he didn't have to make like snow and gravity, right? Like he didn't have to do any of those things that are fun, but he did. And he loves that we enjoy it, right? God can speak through the wise words of a friend to um, encourage or challenge. I got my doctorate in experiential discipleship. Um, I made that phrase up, but um, basically what it means is I think that we do, we're discipled or we learn best when we have experience, um, that we learn um, by doing. So we are actually going, we're talking about listening to God, so we're actually going to listen to God. And again, I want to ask how you're feeling, right? Because we need to be present to that so it doesn't get in the way. Um, so when I say, oh, you're going to listen to God now, does that make you excited, skeptical, a little fearful, confused? Totally fine. You can be who you are. Um, I also want to say that this is not a test. It is not the experience that validates whether you are a believer or not. This is a chance to blow into the flute and see if sound comes out. And it may take a while. It's an opportunity to take out the earbuds and just listen and see if God says anything or nudges or encourages um, or convicts. And that is kind of my biggest fear when we listen to God or when I listen to God is that really what's happening, I'm afraid that really what's happening is I'm just making stuff up. Like how do I know that that's God? And so um, some reflection on kind of that like internal mental dialogue has been really helpful um, for me. So when I listen, um, I tend to find that there are three kind of voices. Um, the first one, when I, when, I, when I stop and I'm actually listening to God, the first voice is actually sort of on experience, usually God. Um, sometimes it's something sort of small, sometimes it's something scary, sometimes it's, you know, just a word of encouragement. But often, you know, again, when I test it and see, is it, you know, true to the Bible? Does it actually come true when I practice it? Um, often that first voice or that first inclination is actually God. The second voice, however, is usually mine. And what that voice does is if God has said to do something small, I kind of try to make it a little bit, I don't know, sexier, a little more dramatic, right? A little more important. If God has said something scary, I might try to make it just a little less scary, right? And then there's the third voice, which is usually the enemy, who says, see, you can't do this. You're just making it all up, right? So here's what I've learned. When you listen to God, listen short. Don't overthink it. Just listen, and when you think you hear something, um, discern, is it really from God, right? Does it line up with God, what he teaches in the Bible? My basic question is, is this going to help me love God or love other people better? And if it is, let's just practice it, right? We are going to listen now to God, and we're going to do that through a tradition called Lectio Divina. Uh, it means basically reading with God. Um, and um, we're doing this because the clearest way that we can hear God is through the Bible. So what's going to happen is uh, we are going to um, read a passage of Scripture three different times. 
And each time it's read, I will guide you to what, how to reflect on it. Um, and we're just going to reflect short, and then we'll read, it, we'll read it again. So again, I will guide you as we go, but for those of you who like to know what's coming, the first time we read it, you're going to reflect on a word or a phrase that jumps out to you. The second time, you're going to reflect on how the passage helps you understand that phrase. And it's not until the third time that we will reflect on what is it that God is saying to us. So get comfortable. Roll your shoulders. Take a deep breath. And hear the word of the Lord. So this time, as you listen, I want you to listen. Just let a word or a phrase hop out at you. Um, it may be something you're intrigued by. Don't overthink it. Don't think, oh, this isn't important enough. Just let it be. And if nothing jumps out at you, just pick a phrase. It's not cheating. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod. The boots of the warrior and the uniforms bloodstained by war will be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. Isaiah 9, 2-7. So just think about your phrase for a minute. This time, as you hear the word read, think about how this passage informs or colors or helps you understand that phrase that you either heard or been captivated by or you picked. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod, the boots of the warrior, and the uniforms bloodstained by war will all be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment 
of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. Now this time, as you listen to this scripture, ask yourself, what is God saying to you? Why might he have caught your attention with that particular phrase? What in your circumstance does this phrase or this thought or this concept speak to? The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those that live in the land of deep darkness, a light will shine. They will rejoice before you as people rejoiced at at harvest, like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod, the boots of the warrior and the uniforms dark, blood-stained by war, they'll be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government will rest on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Again, think, what is it that God is saying to you right now? All right, I said we are going to listen short. And for some of you, this is not enough time. And that's fine. Um, actually, you're on the line, you could just pause it and take more time. But, um, uh, or you can take time later today to go back and kind of chew on that. But I do want to encourage you to do a couple things. The first is, I want to encourage you to tell somebody either what that was like, or if you're willing, what you heard. And there's three reasons for this. The first one is that articulation deepens impression. Right? So when you say something, actually neurons in your brain make connections that make space and kind of hold those, those words and those concepts in your head. If God has spoken to you, you will remember it better if you say it out loud. The second reason is your friend can encourage you. Right? Your friend can say, oh my gosh, that sounds exactly like God. Or, wow, that's challenging. Can I pray for you? Right? And the third reason is you will encourage your friend 
It is so wonderful when people come and tell you stories about how God is working in their lives. Right, so I want to encourage you to tell somebody. I'd actually encourage you, tell somebody before your next meal. Right? Do it while it's fresh. Um, again, what we've been talking about this morning is that Jesus uh, wants us to hear his voice. And he is willing to help us learn. But we need to pull out the earbuds and practice and we will get better at it. Um, so that leads us to the second thing I want to encourage you to do. Oh, it takes practice, like my dog. Um, I would encourage you to practice, to intentionally practice listening to God. And that, that may be is being like my roommate's mom and just saying, God, who do you want me to love today? And see who comes to mind. That may be trying Lectio Divina. Um, just set aside a day a week to say, I'm just going to take a passage. Use the Advent passages like we did today to reflect on and listen and hear what is God bringing to life out of that passage. Jesus, um, in this time of loneliness and isolation and fear and pain, would you draw near to us and would you help us to hear would you help us take out our ear pods to make space and to practice listening? And not just listening to listen, but listening to respond to you. We pray that this would be an encouragement and that you would warm our hearts and give us courage and hope as we walk through this dark time. In your name, amen.